Hello, welcome to the Monday, August 19th, 2019 edition of the Sands and Storm Center's Stormcast. My name is Johannes Ulrich, and today I'm recording from Jacksonville, Florida. Got a little bit of public service announcement to start out with, and nothing really new, but it keeps coming up that users are uploading confidential documents to various antivirus sandboxes. These tools, like uh, most prominently VirusTotal, will scan your document for malware. And then, of course, well, uh, they will keep a copy of that document and make it available to researchers. Not always is the public allowed to search the database of all of these documents, but it usually requires very little authentication. Sometimes you just have to pay some money to get full access to all documents being submitted to these sandboxes. And that's not really bad on part of the sandbox here. Uh, that's sort of part of what they're doing. They're sharing potential malware that's being submitted by users. Just be very careful what you share. Quite often, you have the option to just submit a hash of a particular file. Now, that's not always as telling, of course, um, and can still tip off, for example, an attacker that you intercepted a document and analyzed it. But still, it's much less likely going to cause any problems than uploading the full document. If you are fairly sure that this malware, you're just not sure what kind of malware it is, then by all means, use these systems and of course, share any samples that you have gotten that way. And wasn't it just Friday where I talked about the ongoing problem with Internet of Things devices? Just to confirm this, the Fraunhofer Institute for Secure Information Technology in Germany released a list of vulnerabilities in 33 different voice over IP devices from 25 different manufacturers. A total of 16 CVE numbers were released, so some of these CVEs do affect multiple devices. Quite a wide range of vulnerabilities that are being discussed here. Now, one of the focus areas here is web applications running on the device and authentication bypass vulnerabilities that in sort of one of the not so severe case, just allow an attacker to sort of register on the device. In more severe cases, it actually does allow for the execution of arbitrary code. What's kind of always surprising about these vulnerabilities is that you don't really have to dig all that deep in order to find these vulnerabilities. So that sort of reaffirms what I talked about last week, that there isn't really much sort of secure coding practice and such happening at the manufacture of these devices. And well, while we're used to this kind of stuff from IoT vendors, it's always sad when security companies also kind of leave open some fairly basic vulnerabilities. Latest example here, Trend Micro's password manager. The problem here is DLL hijacking. DLL hijacking happens if the software searches the system for a DLL that doesn't really exist. So an attacker could just place this DLL 
TLL in one of these search paths and with that have the software execute arbitrary code. In the case of Trend Micro, this happened in the Trend Micro Password Manager Central Control Service, pwmsvc.exe, which as the system boots up actually starts with full system access. Now, while I think these days everybody should use a password manager, it's certainly sad to have to report about the second password manager problem today. This one is in Firefox's built-in password manager. When you are using the password manager in Firefox, you have the option to set a master password. Highly recommended that you do so. But apparently even if you did use a master password, someone was still able to gain access to the password via the copy password context menu item. So better make sure you update Firefox and this is fixed in version 6802. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for listening and talk to you again tomorrow. Bye.